We're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. This is episode number 150. Hey friends, JC here. Welcome back to the podcast. It has really been bittersweet knowing that this is the last season ever, but you guys have been making it so, so special for me. I want to thank those of you who have already sent in message reviews and voice memos. I can't wait to put them all together in the last podcast episode. So if you haven't done that already, I really, really would like them as soon as possible. There's still time, uh, but I am collecting podcast reviews, any write-ups of guests that have been your favorite and why. And you can do that in my email or send a voice memo on Instagram to help me compile this awesome last uh, final episode as a celebration send-off for the podcast. So if you have been blessed by the Hello Awesome podcast at any point over the last four years or by my guests in any way, uh, please be sure to send all your messages and voice memos to my email, helloawesomeshop at gmail.com or DM them to me on Instagram at helloawesomelive so that I could share them at the end of this season. So my guest today is actually a mama of a guest from last season. How cool is that? Their entire family um, is very special to me, and I have been ministered to time and time again by them. And I am so excited to bring you my conversation with Amanda Chavis today. Sister Amanda shares her heart about learning how to let God fix things and fix people, letting go of control. We dive into the beautiful mess of ministry and working with people and trusting the process in the hands of God. I absolutely loved this conversation and talking to her. She was so easygoing, and I felt like I've known her for years. I know that you are going to be blessed by listening. So here we go, friends. This is episode number 150 that I am calling Trust the Process with Amanda Chavis. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast, where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. This is the point where I usually share sponsored ads and all of my sponsors share their amazing deals that they have with you. But since this is the last season of the podcast, I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much for supporting these faith-based businesses these last four years. If you want to continue supporting anything, well, how about buying some of my books? If you go on Amazon, just type in my name, JC, J-A-C-Y, Pulford, P-U-L-F-O-R-D. And you will find all of my titles right there on Amazon. The awesome thing is if you have Prime, your books will ship in just a couple of days. I have on there some awesome devotions that will help you with your mental health, with forgiveness, with your power of influence. I also have Bible study guides if you're struggling with your devotion time or if you want to dive into the stories of seven ungodly women of the Bible. I almost forgot to share with you my modest fashion coloring books. I have three out right now, and the latest is a garden theme. It has florals, inspirational quotes, scriptures, and of course, beautiful modest fashion illustrations that anyone at any age can color and have fun with. Thank you guys for supporting the ministry of Hello Awesome. Be sure to check out my books on Amazon. And just because there won't be any new podcast episodes, does not mean there won't be any new books. So be sure to check those out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, my guest is a very special um, just person. She was, um, She is actually the mother of a previous guest that we've had. And Sister Amanda, I'm so happy, first of all, that you have agreed to be on the podcast, that this is your first podcast. I feel definitely honored about that. 
and that you are willing to share your heart with us today. So if you could just take a few minutes to share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so honored um, to be with you today. And like you said, um, you had my daughter Courtney on um, a couple months back, and um, I was just so proud listening to her. And I was so excited when you um, reached out and asked me to come on. So I'm honored to be with you today, and I love your podcast, and you have been such a blessing to so many. So um, I'm really excited to be on today. Um, My name is Amanda Chavis, and um, I'm married to Court Chavis is, and we've been married for about 23 years in August. Um, We are both originally from North Carolina. Um, We have three amazing kids. Um, My daughter, Courtney, that was on the podcast a few months back. She is 19, about to be 20 this summer. She is a student at Urshan College. Um, She's doing phenomenal. We are so very proud of her. She um, follows in her daddy's footsteps. She's uh, such a great singer and worship leader. She's just super anointed. We're, we're, we're very proud of her. And then we have um, Sydney Dawn that is 16, about to turn 17. Um, She's incredible. And it's been amazing just watching her over the last year, um, just kind of develop into, um, just such a dynamic, powerful young lady. She's our little drummer girl. She plays the drums and uh, she's so gifted and she's a singer. Um, and um, then we have our youngest is Isaac Brooks. He is um, about to be 12 actually next week. Um, he's our baby and the girls, um, they always uh, joke with me and say, um, mom, we know that Isaac is your favorite. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, he is <laughs> <laughs> not really, not really. I, I always say, well, you know, he's the youngest, he's the baby and he's the boy. So he's just special. He's not my favorite, but he's special, but that's, um, that's our little family. Um, uh, the five of us, we, um, evangelized for about, uh, six and a half years and we kind of felt a shift in our ministry, um, uh, born and raised in North Carolina. We felt a shift and, uh, felt like God was calling us to start a church. So we prayed and, um, we ended up in Loganville, Georgia. Um, this September will be, um, our 11 year anniversary here. We started Truth Chapel. Um, and it's just been such an amazing journey. Um, just watching God just really do his thing. I tell people all the time, um, we've seen such great revival and, um, and they, they're like, what, what are you doing? How how are you doing it? I'm like, you know what? We're not doing anything. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the Lord. We are just trying to keep up with God. We are just trying to keep up with what the Lord is doing. Um, so it's been an incredible journey that's brought us here. Um, and, um, that's a serious talking. So sorry. Um, (laughs) She's praising God. <laughs> Look, she just won't be quiet. You might have to edit that out. It's okay. Um, my husband's watch does that while he's preaching. But um, so it's been an amazing journey that's brought us here. Um, we're just excited about what God's doing in our life and excited about this life that he's called us to um, of ministry and um that's about it. That's a little rundown. I have lots of things that I can tell you about our story, but that's just kind of the general um, gist of everything. Yeah, I think that's so great. And I mean, um, it's fun to to have, you know, kiddos different ages. And um, there's something about that boy when you have a little boy and I have two and they just there's just something so precious about how much they love their mom. And it, it, it really and I, is. And I love that. And um and my oldest just turned eleven. So our so oh. our, our yeah. yeah. They're the same age. They're right there together. It is, you know, it's everybody tell me when I was, you know, having two girls and found out that Isaac was coming and that he was a boy and they're like, Oh, you just don't you just you can't understand it right now, but you just wait until mm-hmm. you have that baby boy. It was just something about a mom 
and her boy. And um, I totally get it. I totally get it. The bigger he gets, like, I feel like the more in love with him I am. So it's just, it's a special relationship. Yeah, it definitely is. And so I, um, so I am asking guests this season, just one question, which is very different because all the previous seasons, I've had multiple questions already written out for each guest, um, uniquely crafted for each person. And um, I felt the Lord put this on my heart for the very last season of the podcast to just ask one uh, question, but it is kind of a loaded question, but I think it's so that we can have a conversation about it. And so this question is inspired by, um, Luke 1042, the story of Martha and Mary. And many of us are familiar with that uh, story. And we know that, you know, Martha was being a servant and doing what she thought she had to do. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus doing what she thought she needed to do. Right. And they both, you know, uh, were, were doing what they thought needed to be done. Um, but Martha really wanted Mary to help her and was uh, cumbered by many things and uh, worrying and struggling a little bit. And, um, you know, she asked Jesus, you know, make her help me, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which every mom mom can say, amen. We all feel that way. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, Jesus says this, um, he says a few words and then he says but one thing is needful and mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her um so i really kept i couldn't get away from one thing she's doing that she's doing one thing but it's a good thing right um where we often think we need to do multiple things that's the good way to go um and maybe we are doing it with good motives but um, we're supposed to be just focusing on this one thing. Um, and so I really am curious what's one thing, um, that Jesus has taught you so far in the past year that you will never forget. Well, that is a loaded question for sure. (laughs) Um, I would say, um, I think I could answer that maybe, Not that it's one thing that Jesus has taught me in the past year, but something that Jesus is like actively teaching me, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe I, maybe I haven't mastered just yet, but the Lord is definitely teaching me. Um, I'm sure that you're uh, familiar with the, the Enneagram, uh, personality test, you know, Mm -hmm. I've taken so many personality tests over the years. And I remember a few years back taking the Enneagram test and um, kind of finding, you know, where I fail on that scale. And it turned out that um, if you know of of the Enneagram scale, I am a a nine wing one, which is like a peacemaker um, and like a, the one, the nine is a peacemaker and the one is a perfectionist. Um, Mm. I feel more like I'm lean more heavily on being a peacemaker and, um, just, um, something in some ways I'm a one perfectionist. So I think I'm maybe like a, the, um, peacemaker. That's a lazy perfectionist. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) I I do like for things to be uh, done right. And, um, kind of be in order, but sometimes I'm like too lazy to, to make that happen. I wish they were in order, but I'm dominantly like the peacemaker, I believe. So, um, that, which means like, um, I'm the reconciler. Um, Mm. I, avoid conflict at all costs. Um, I'm, I like to fix things. I like to fix people. Um, I want everybody to be happy. Um, and I really feel like just thinking about this question, one thing that God is actively teaching me right now in this stage of life, um, and being a pastor's wife, um, and trying to, you know, do the best that I can in that role is that I am not the fixer. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'm the peacemaker. I'm the one that, that, um, 
wants peace, wants everybody to be happy, wants everybody to be pleased with them. Um, I want the all the peace and the harmony. I want to fix the things that aren't right. But God is teaching me that I'm not the fixer, that he is. He is the one that um, is responsible for fixing all the things that I myself think that I need to fix or think that I'm capable of fixing. It's not my job. God just wants me to give it to him and let him be the fixer. Um, And maybe that's what Martha, maybe in the story of Mary and Martha, maybe that's what Martha was. She just wanted everything to be right. And she wanted to make sure that everyone was happy and everyone had what they needed. Um, And she was, so busy trying to make sure everyone was taken care of that she didn't realize that the one who had it all taken care of was right there in her home with her. And she was just wearing herself down and doing all the things that she needed to be doing. But when really God just wanted to come her to come and sit at his feet and put it in his lap and let him take care of all the things. Um, I think that's what the Lord is actively like trying to teach me just in relationships, you know, um, Mm -hmm. just, um, is, is, it can be so frustrating just wanting, wanting, um, people to, um, be happy and wanting yourself to be understood and your motives to be understood. And, and, um, a lot of times we we're striving to, um, to be that just to be all things to all people, um, and it's tiring and um, we're doing so many things to try to make sure that all things fall into place and that everyone is happy and everyone has what they need. But when really the Lord is just saying, Hey, if you'll just slow your roll, just slow down. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Give me all these things that you are holding on to so tightly in your hands. If you'll just open your hands, you've got them all crumbled up. You're holding on so tight. Your grip is so tight that you have them all crumbled up and discombobulated. If you could just open your hands and release those things to me and take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. I've got it all figured out, even when you don't. Yeah. It's a big pill to swallow, yes, <laughs> but it is, I think we all do come to that um, point as um, Christian women, especially those of us who are mothers mm-hmm. or like you, you're a pastor's wife, first lady, um, those who are active in ministry when we are, whether we're leading a family or leading a church we mm-hmm. see people hurting and we want to help so bad. We want right. to be the fixer of everything. Yeah. And um and so this actually was something that the Lord had put on my heart as well right before Christmas. Um when you were speaking I was like, "Oof, I remember I, this is also something that's actively <laughs> um yeah. God is actively act, actively teaching in my life." Um but it 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 was just such a rift, uh, created a rift in some of the relationships I've had, um, mm-hmm. especially like in your marriage. You know, we want to fix everything. And um, sometimes, like, I don't know about you, but I make it worse. Right, right. Um, because I'm just human and they're human and I'm trying to play God in this situation. And right. I, the difference is I um, am not afraid of conflict. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I like to call things out and I like to let's just talk about this right now. I do not like passive aggressive um, attitudes. I do not like um, gossip. I do not like I'm just not that type of person. Um, I'm more of like, if you're going to say something, let's just talk about it right now because I don't have time for this, Um, (laughs) which cannot sometimes that does not come off as loving. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the Lord but, has helped me with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is necessary. But it, but God um, brought me the verse. Um, so right before Christmas, um, uh, we had a program and I was given um, uh, somebody 
has to speak about, share a little testimony, just very brief. They only could do it in like two minutes, which is very hard when you talk about a testimony. But um, everybody was assigned a a name of God. Uh, The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my, you know, provider. And I got the Lord is my righteousness. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I said, (laughs) of course, I would get this. Right. Um, because God has been dealing with the, me with this and, you know, I was praying, oh gosh, how can I share this, this big testimony in such a short amount of time? And he brought yeah. me to, uh, John seven thirty seven thirty eight when it says in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me as a scripture hath said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. And when I read that. God spoke to me and said, you are trying to be the living water. Wow. Mm. And I broke. <laughs> you don't yeah. just like stand when God tells you something like that. You bow. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, and, ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. And even if it's done out of love and it's done from a, a good place, a good motive. I like what you're talking about with Mary. Maybe she was serving Jesus. You know, she was trying to provide something and God was trying to say, why don't you sit? I'm going to provide something to you. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah, Yeah. that is really a tricky thing um, to let him be the living water and he's going to flow through you. But we can't like conjure up that power ourselves. Yeah. And we want to kind of control how it flows. You know, we we want maybe we're in a hurry and we want it to flow just like a rushing river out of us, you know, and we want to, let's open that valve like completely and just let it flow. God, this needs, this needs to happen now. Like this, this needs to be fixed now, but God is like, no, I I don't want it to flow full blast right now. Like, let me control the flow of, of it out of you. You know, like Mm -hmm. I remember, a few years back, and this is kind of coming from the pastor's wife um, side of me. Um, it was, well, it was several years ago now. Um, I remember being at general conference um, and this was probably, we had started the church in 2012. And um, I want to say maybe this was like 2014, 2015, very we general conference. And we were, um, my husband and I were actually, it was 2015 because we were getting ready to leave and go to Hawaii for our 15 year anniversary. We got married in 2000. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to another pastor's wife friend that I kind of passed in the corridor and I was just talking and I was telling her that, you know, that we were getting ready to leave and go out of town, go to Hawaii for like 10 days or so. And I made the comment to her, like, you know, I, I, I kind of feel guilty, like for leaving um, and uh, just for getting away. And she was like, why in the world would you feel guilty for leaving? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much going on at home. There's so much, you know, we're growing, trying to grow this church. There's so many needs, like so many people like need us. I kind of feel bad for leaving. And she was like, she made a statement that really was kind of, Oh, just like the, a light bulb came on. And I remind myself often of this, but she said, Amanda, like, do you think that it's going to fall apart if you go out of town? Like, if you do, that means that you think that you're their savior and he's not. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow. He was like, she said, you're, you're not the savior. Like, he's the savior. Like, why do you, why would you feel guilty getting away? Like, um, and going and, and spending time with your husband. And that had such a profound effect on me. Cause my kids were little, we were trying to pastor a church, you know, we had moved away from family. We had nobody, no family with us. Um, so it was just overwhelming. And, you know, I'm the, I'm the fixer. I'm the one that just wants to keep everybody happy and make sure everything's flowing smoothly. And she was like, Hey, you're not, God didn't call you to be their savior. Like God just called you to, to use you. He wants to flow through you, but his job is to save these people. He didn't call you to fix them. Like 
Mm-hmm. He just called you as a vessel to use. And it was just such an eye-opening um, experience for me. And even now, like, you know, just going through things um, just with relationships, like, you know, especially people that you hold dear to your heart, maybe a relationship kind of turns and goes in a, a different direction. And, mm-hmm. and you want so much to just fix it and make it right, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, you just want, you want everything to be good and be okay. And when it's not good and okay, it's like overwhelming, like, oh, what right. can I do to make this right? What can I do to fix this? And, and I feel like just, um, about two months ago, I was at a, a North Carolina ladies conference. Um, my mother-in-law is the ladies president for the North Carolina district. So I went up to the conference to kind of support her and the Lord was dealing with me about a certain situation that um, I, I'm going through, that we're going through. And um, the Lord spoke to me that night. Um, I was just feeling so overwhelmed. And he said, I did not ask you to fix them. Mm. I asked you only to forgive them. And I just sat there in that moment, just so really so stunned that the Lord would would speak that specifically to me in that moment. Like he, he was like, like he was reading my mind, you know, and he was reading my mind and, um, he was just like, I didn't ask you to fix them. I asked you to forgive them. And, um, I think so many times we, um, we take on roles that aren't our own, you know, we, we take, um, we take on the stress of, um, making sure that, things are good, even as mothers, you know, making sure Mm -hmm. everything is perfect. And, and we overload ourselves when God is saying, you know what, you're stepping out of your lane. Like you're getting in my lane. Why don't you just, um, give this to me? I can, I can fix it so much better than you ever could. Yeah. That's so true. And what a powerful statement. Wow. Um, because we really are called to just love and forgive. He's the one that brings the increase. And right. um, I think because we can probably have some insight of, um, man, like life would be better if this choice was made or right. this changed. Um, right. But, you know, he has everybody on a different journey and a different path, and they have to learn lessons that, mm-hmm. um are specific to them in that moment. And like you were talking about before trying to guide the, the water, Lord, I want it to, to gush here. And, um, I feel that way as well. Like when you do Bible studies and when you're working with new people and, and I, I had a situation even recently where I was really praying and earnestly, you know, because I feel like they're, you know, there's, of course, the optimists and there's the pessimists that, you know, the different uh, personality types and the different outlooks that people have. And I'm very much an optimist. So, like, I'm always like, everything could be better. Um, sure. Could, you know, I see the the silver lining and everything. Um, I can see somebody, you know, uh, that I just met. I can see them living for God in the future. I can have that vision in my head. I'm going to, I have that positivity, which is, I think a very good thing to, to do and to have and, and to be. Um, but at the same time, I'm also setting up now these expectations, right? Right. And I'm disappointed because now that expectation hasn't come to pass. And then realizing that, it still can be a possibility, but there's that journey. There's that progress that people have to go through. Right. And I'm trying to like push, it's almost like trying to push a baby to the dinner table to eat steak, you know, right. and it's like, well, I have to put the baby in the high chair and the baby can only have, you know, milk right now. And then eventually right. give them little pieces of food. And then maybe in a couple of years, they're ready for steak. But right. we're like, Lord, they need steak now. We got to get them in that water. They have to have the bath, you know, the Holy, yeah. like, you know, we got to, um, we got to hurry it up. And I remember the Lord speaking to me about this one specific person I was working with and told me she hasn't repented yet. Wow. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, well, maybe that'll come later, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but you know, I can't expect her to go to the next step until that step. Yeah. God wanted her to finish that step. Right. And it's a very important step that we all need. But right. like you were talking about, it's like I was looking at things in a different way. In my perspective, my motives were were for her good. Right. But they were a little misplaced because yeah. I was acting like I could do that. Right. Or I had the ability to to usher her further. And God's like, well, there's a couple steps she, that needs to happen first. And right. that that's very <laughs> humbling because it's like, oh, I forgot. Sorry. I sat on yeah. the phone again, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's like putting that stake in that, you know, six months old mouth. Like, yeah. you know, there's things that need to be, that need to happen before that baby can fully digest, you know? And we're such a microwave generation that we, you know, we're so, we're such an impatient people, you know, we've, we've lost the art of patience, you know, and a lot of times we go through things and, you know, we go through um, difficulties and um, whether it's, um, whether it's relationships or finances or whatever, whatever, we've become so impatient that we want to hurry up the process and we miss like, you know what, what is God teaching me in this process that if I fast forward, I'm going to miss, you know, like, and I've told, I've told God just recently, Lord, I want you to move in, you know, the, in these situations and I want things to smooth out and I want things to be fixed, but God if you are teaching me something in these moments, God, don't let me miss it. Like I, don't, I mm-hmm. really don't want to have to go through this again, mm-hmm. learn it. So God help me not to be so quick to get my hands involved, to try mm-hmm. to fix it, how I think it should be fixed when maybe you have a different plan, like yeah. maybe, or and maybe you're teaching something in the process. And if I speed it up, that poor baby's going to choke on that steak, you know, mm-hmm. like God helped me not to be impatient in mm-hmm. the process and help me with my expectations. You know, right. like God, I have faith, having faith and having expectations are two different things. Like God, mm-hmm. I completely have faith in you, but help my expectations to line up with your plan. Right. Don't let me be disappointed in false expectations that I have set. God, let me be sensitive to this process and trust you and, um, and, and let you work out all the fine details. I don't want to mess up your artwork. You know, I don't want to step and take the brush from you and say, oh no, it would be better if you use this Mm. color, if you use this texture, no God, you know, what's best. Like help me learn to step back, take a deep breath and trust you through the process. Uh, that just reminds me of a, a story that I was just going over with my oldest David um, during school today. Um, it was funny because the curriculum that we use for homeschool is Christian. So sometimes they refer to back to the Bible um, mm-hmm. just for principles but today we had to, you know, look at the story of David and Goliath again. And I was reading it and he goes, oh, are we doing devotion again? Because we just <laughs> did it that morning. And I yeah. said, well, honey, yes, we are. We're just going to, that's, that's life. You kind of, you always go back to it throughout the day. Um, right. And that just reminded me of how they didn't have confidence, confidence in David um, and who God had called him to be. And so Saul was trying to have him use his armor. Right. Because he was doing it the way he thought it needed yeah, to be done. Exactly. If you are yeah. going to go into battle, you need you need to wear these things. This is what we've always done. This is what people have always used. This mm-hmm. is the right thing to do. And he probably wasn't wrong. You probably should wear armor when you go to battle. Right. <laughs> but, right. But David was trying to explain to him that, no, like, I am equipped differently. Mm -hmm. God has equipped me 
different. And he didn't need that armor because he wasn't going to ever, the Philistine, you know, Goliath was never going to get that close to David anyway. Um, David was going to, you know, be able to defeat him from afar. But even still, it just reminds me of how are we like that with people? No, 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 you need this before yeah. you can do X, Y, and Z. And, and you know, our hands are kind of in the mix a right. little bit more than they probably should be. And our hearts are probably in the right place. We're trying to prepare people. We're, we're, we're helping them before they have to go into a different season of life that might be hard. And, yeah. um, and I know for me, I can always, I, I, I feel like I, I get into that like protection mode of, of like, I need to do extra mm-hmm. or else they're not going to make it. Right. And then yeah. it's like, well, you know, they got this far, right. <laughs> especially if we're working with grown adults. Right, um, and I I have to be reminded of my own testimony and what God has done for me, and that He has placed specific people in my life who, yes, helped me and molded me and, and taught me. Um, but the 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 how I got um to the truth that was all God. Yeah, yeah. The revelation that was all the, from the Lord. Um, yes, I was taught Bible studies and and people operated in the roles that they were given. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for that because we all need to be that. Um, right. But all the increase came from God and the personal things that he showed me when they weren't there. Right. You know, when you go home, when everybody goes home, we can't go home with everybody. Right. Um, right. Especially when we're working in the church, if we're working in ministry, even like you, when your children are getting older, um, we have family members who are living in a different state. Um, yeah. It's it's very challenging that it's like, oh, if only I could hold your hand. Well, we don't know if that's going to make it better or worse, do we? We just right. feel, I think there's a sense of like, it will comfort me if I did this for you. Right. I, you know, like I, I need this really more than you probably do. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I, it, right. in, a, in a sense, it's, it's almost like underlyingly selfish, even though we aren't trying right. to be selfish. We really want to, to help. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. almost like feeling like we have, we feel like we have what we are the solution. We have the solution. Right. And um, we know what a weight to carry. Like what, a, yes. if we live our Correct. lives that way, like how heavy of a weight is that, you know, because mm-hmm. people, people are going to, you know, disappoint you. People are going to not make right decisions. People are going to, um, you know, they're, they're not going to reach their, the full potential that you feel like they should reach, you know? And if you take, mm-hmm. you take the, um, blame for that, you're also going to take the credit when they do succeed and when they do reach their full potential. And it it's yeah. an argument not our credit to take, you know, so how can we take the blame for, um, for all the negatives, you know, like that's mm-hmm. such a heavy weight to carry. That's why when that pastor's wife, when that friend of mine told me that, like, are you their savior? Did God, did God call you to be their savior? Did, were you the one that gave your life for them? Like, why are you trying to, to carry it all yourself. Why are you trying to be like their solution to their problem? Or, you know, why are, that is not your load to carry. You love people and you help people and you do your part, but God didn't call you to be their savior. God didn't call you to fix their every little problem there, you know, every little hangnail or every time they stump right. their toe, you know, it's not your yeah. fault. Like God didn't, that's God is their savior. You lead them to him and God does, God will do the work. Like we cannot carry that weight. Like, right. You can't step into the role of God. You know, that's not what God called us to do. Um, yeah. and poor Martha, I feel like she was probably, um, running herself ragged and she was, you know, Mary was, I mean, Martha, Martha was so upset with Mary because 
Mary, you know, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, not helping, but Mary was probably so frustrated too. Martha's in the background, banging pots and pans and (laughs) so busy. So Mary, it was probably a mutual mutual frustration, but, um, you know, uh, we have to bring it to him and, and sit at his feet, open our hands, take our hand, you know, open our grip, loosen our grip on the things of life that we want to control Mm -hmm. and um, give it to God because he will smooth out all the wrinkles that we've made, you know, all the, uh, all the mess that we made. Um, cause you know, when we try to fix things on our own, the majority of the time, we're just going to make a mess of it, you know? Mm -hmm. We can save ourselves a lot of heartache um, a lot of the time, just stepping back and say, okay, God, I'm not really sure. I've been trying to do this and this and this to fix these situations that are going on, these relationships or, you know, just whatever it may be. And God, I feel like I'm, you're having to trip over me to even step in and, and do what you want to do. You're, mm-hmm. you're having to trip around me. Like, God, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to be still. And mm. I'm going to sit at your feet, put this in your lap and watch you do what only you can do. And I'm sorry, God, for right. being so loud and making, causing such a ruckus. And, and um, <laughs> I'm sorry for trying mm-hmm. to do all those things when that one thing that I needed to do was to just realize that you are God and I am not. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking about, I mean, oh my goodness, that was all so good. It it was, it came to my mind too this past week of how, um, you know, and you saying that Mary is probably, uh, Martha was being loud in the background. Um, I never thought of it that way, but that is very true. Um, but it kind of brings me back to the point that I was going to make that um, God showed me this week when I can't, I just haven't been able to get away from this story for like months. But um, I keep going back to it after every study. I just keep going back to it mm-hmm. and realizing that it's easy for us, especially in our Western culture, to see that Mary's doing nothing. Right. She's just sitting there. So we Mary can. is doing the most. She's actively listening to Jesus. Right. And being a listener is an action. Right. And so that is just such a crucial part to this whole story is the only way for her to even receive what Jesus is teaching as that she's listening to it. Right. Holding on to it. She's holding on to every single word that he has to say. And that's uh, a lot harder to do um, because it takes extreme concentration. You have to block out whatever is going on in the background, block out the noise from the Martha's. And as much as it's, we need both. We need Mary. We do need Martha. We need both. Um, But if we're going to be actively serving, we need to be actively listening first. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to say. I don't think he was trying to tell Martha that you can't serve me. Right. Because obviously that will contradict with his whole word. Um, But it's like, before you serve me, maybe just sit down and listen to what I have to say first. Yeah. Yeah. Before you think you know the solution, like about you let me Mm -hmm. do what I need to do, you know? Yeah. And we do need the Marthas because if not, like the houses would be dirty and and the dishes would be piled in the sink, you know? We do have to be Martha at some point, but I think we miss it. We get so busy just trying to serve and trying to to, um, make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know, I, a lot of times I, you know, in different situations, I'm like, Oh God, please help me. Give me wisdom. Let me know. Should I do this? Should I, should I be doing this? Like, what should I not be doing? And, um, that fear of just not doing enough, you know, um, and we, we forget to just sit and listen You know, we're just like trying so quick to figure it out that we even on our prayers, you know, talking Mm -hmm. to God, praying about things and how often like do we pray, pray about it. And then we just we don't we don't take the time to sit and listen. It's like talking to a friend on the phone, you know, where you're just like 
you know, saying all these things and, and just uh, talking a mile a minute. And I, I need you to help me do this friend. I need this. I need this. And you're just talking yeah. a mile a minute and you just get finished, like blurting all that out. And then you just hang up the phone. Like you don't even give <laughs> time to respond. How many times do we do that to God? Like, God, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. You need to tell me what to do. Um, okay. I'll talk to you later. And we get up and go on and sitting still yeah. at his feet and saying, okay, God, I've said all this. Let me be quiet and sit still. What can, what do you have to say to me? You know, we're just so, so busy and just uh, so mm-hmm. conditioned that we just got to be doing and doing and doing. And, um, he's like, Hey, chill. All that's going to be there. Like, just how about come just sit with me for a minute and, um, let me talk to you. I have a solution, but Mm -hmm. you can't hear it unless you sit still and be quiet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to like our children and, and motherhood, they're going to, they're going to be in places we're not going to be. And so right. even like, you know, even when they go to camp for the first time, when they're uh-huh. gone for a whole week without you, I yeah. mean, that was like heart wrenching for me oh, because yeah. I, it's like, I'm not there, but I can't yeah. oversee every moment, everything, you know, make sure yeah. he's, you know, <laughs> cleaning yeah. himself make sure he's Brushing eating properly yeah. um but i think that's why we have the family of god it's so beautiful that it's like you know we all are helping each other out and you right. know god has given us each you know our own roles and positions and just knowing that yeah he's safe because i know this person that person everybody we're all in agreement of why they're there we're all in agreement of what's going to happen and Right. And that doesn't mean it's going to flow perfectly because we right. all have free will, natural yeah. disasters happen, you know, a- anything is possible. But right. when you live in that like state of worry of what's going to happen when my hands are off. Right. Right. That. Our, yeah. And we get frustrated. so fearful. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we get frustrated when we think, oh, you know, like, like Martha, you know, which looking at Mary, we get so frustrated because we want so much to be in control. Like, well, Mm -hmm. why is this person not doing this? Why are they not responding this way? They should be doing this. And, uh, is that our job? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that our, is that our job? I mean, that's our need to be in control, you know? And, um, instead of just being, um, supportive and understanding, uh, you know, we think that everybody should just be busy, as busy as bees, busy as we are so that we can get the things accomplished, you know, yeah. we can get frustrated with each other when God is just like, Hey, slow down. Like, you know, yeah. it reminds me of, of your mother-in-law story. Um, as she's come to different ladies conferences here in Connecticut, and she was talking about the red Corvette story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. most famous story of she's just like, I got my hands off the wheel, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that story. And, and it's so yeah. true. Like, um, you know, we, we say a lot, like I, you see it on the bumper stickers. God is my co-pilot and, Oh gosh, that's so dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. like God, no, I need you to just take hold. And, um, who was it that said Carrie Underwood, Jesus, take the wheel, you know, right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm driving reckless Lord. So, um, it is you, true. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing now in the world today. I mean, we, we've, we've seen it through generation after generation, everybody's falling to the same thing because mm-hmm. sin does that. It just keeps us in a cycle and Satan has no new tricks. He uses the same thing over and over. Right. Um, it's something that you know, the more I study the word, the more I tell people, please, Satan is not creative. Stop trying to make him into this, you know, amazing, right. you know, all knowing being. He's not equal to God. He's not creative. He has right. the same tricks. They're old tricks. Right. And when you see time and time again, the people in the Bible falling to the same thing. And, uh, you know, it just reminds me of like when everybody in the world is 
having problems, they want to blame other people, but they don't take accountability. Right, right. And it's almost like you're trying to find the solution within the problem. You're the problem. Right. <laughs> like our flesh, our yeah. sinful nature, the, yeah. you know, all of, of course, you know, um, the, the enemy and, and, and that spiritual wickedness, you right. know, is all against us. And, and I understand that, yeah. but when, when there is something happening and you, you are trying to find the solution still within the problem, mm-hmm. trying to say, I got this. I'm, I'm the captain of my own life. I can handle this. You yeah. know, it's all about this. Um, it's, it's a different self-love than what Jesus had called us to do. When Jesus wants us to love ourselves, it's through his eyes. It's through his filter. I think right. that's something that we don't talk about enough because we're so scared that, oh, no, 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 no. We can't have self-love because it's going to mirror what the world calls self-love. And I understand the caution there. But right. when we need to love ourselves is how God has loved us. Right. Um, but, yeah, the love of the world is like, okay, you got to do more. You got to be better. You are enough. You can handle this. And people are mentally deteriorating because they're not meant to handle that. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it is, it is very biblical that we love, you know, we have to love ourselves and that's the found the, you know, one of the foundations of God, you know, the first commandment is love the Lord, that God with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then the, it says the first is it, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we are supposed to love ourselves. Um, but there's a difference in love, loving yourself and being arrogant, you know, and thinking mm-hmm. that we have it all under control and, um, we're not the problem. You know, it's everybody else's problem. Everybody else is not doing what they should be doing. But in reality, like we have to be introspective and say, you know what? Okay. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe I've been trying to control things and, and maybe the problem is me. Maybe, maybe Jesus, maybe I I do need to give Jesus the will, you know, I've been trying to hear this and say, Oh no, this is how it's supposed to be. This is, um, what should be happening. Like, um, but we have to be introspective and say, you know what? Okay. Maybe I've been a little bit reckless here. Um, maybe I'm the problem. My need to control, you know, my need to be in control and control the circumstance and control the outcome. Maybe, maybe it's me. So there's a different, um, having self-love is, is very biblical. Like we, we have to love ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. so that we can love others, you know, but, um, we can't be arrogant enough to think that we have to control every circumstance and every situation. Um, cause that's not our job. Like, and sometimes um, it it causes us ourselves to be the problem. You know, mm-hmm. um, we have to step back and say, okay, God, there's um, there's solutions that I know that you have for this situation. Maybe I'm interfering, trying to control, you know, I'm going to, I need to let go. Even um, if it hurts my pride a little bit, you know. If I'm not the right. one that fixes the situation and I have to give you credit for fixing it, Lord, that's what yeah. needs to happen. Yeah, it's definitely an ego almost like I, I know that this is something I mean, maybe it's just me because this is what the Lord's been helping me with. It's, <laughs> it's, and it's not like we think like um, we're like the best, but but it's yeah. like a difference of like, like, um it's like this different, it's like feeding our, our inner ego in a way of like, I can take care of this. I can handle Uh, it. I can handle it. Mm -hmm. And that is such a dangerous place to be in. Um, because, um, we're not supposed to carry the weight. Like you said, it's so heavy. And Jesus is saying, come unto me, all the who are heavy, you know, heavy laden, I'm going to give you rest. And it's like, 
I mean, he has that invitation. He tells us, why does he tell us this? Because we're not supposed to carry it all. Right. And how much, how much more um, amazing would life be if we could really capture that rest that he's called us to not just the rest in like, yeah, I probably should sit down at his feet like Mary, but also the rest of those expectations, like you were talking about, the rest of trying to to fix it all. Right. That that's such a big rest right there. Yeah. And um yeah. So I I really would love if you could take a couple of minutes to maybe encourage I mean you've been encouraging us this this whole time, but um, if we could think about, you know, uh, the young ladies that we have now who are growing up, they're becoming, you know, women of God and they're navigating now this life, they're navigating church, they're navigating life as an adult. Now, maybe they have just become an adult and, um, maybe there's something that you wish you would have told yourself at that age, you know, maybe in your, in your twenties. Um, what would you say to the young lady out there who, um, kind of has that, maybe that mindset of perfection or, or, or that, that attitude of, of wanting to fix and and to control things? Um, how would you, how would you speak some, some encouragement to her right now? Well, I would say this, um, we have to learn to trust the process. You know, um, I think as a, as a woman from a very young age, we have these dreams of what our life is going to look like. You know, we're going to be the princess that, that meets the prince and that, um, has the beautiful, like perfect wedding and, and lives the happily ever after. Um, and, a lot of times life doesn't go that way. That's not what life looks like. Um, and so if we have this, these expectations of this is how it is, it has to be, or, um, or it must not be right. You know, um, we have to trust the process. And I'll tell you this, like when we, when my husband and I first got married, um, uh, you know, we of course had all these, these dreams and expectations of what life and, and ministry would look like. And, um, we got married and, um, we started to have to try to have children. It took a while. I had some issues. Um, it took us a, a, a little while to get pregnant with our first child, Courtney. Um, but God touched me. That's a whole story on its own. Um, but God touched me and, um, we, uh, I got pregnant with Courtney. Um, and, um, before, um, Courtney was born, uh, God had started dealing with us, um, about ministry, um, and, uh, about possibly like traveling and, and, and being, going on the evangelistic field. And, um, uh, God had spoke a word to us and we were starting to see some doors open with that. We were, um, actively working at my father-in-law's church. We were the youth ministers, or I'm sorry, not youth ministers, music ministers there. Um, and, um, my husband was working, um, with the oil company, but we, um, God had called us to ministry. We knew it. Um, and, um, got pregnant with Courtney. Um, I had Courtney in August and two weeks later, my husband had, was actually in the national guard, Um, he was in the military. So he went in for his two week drill and he called me, Courtney was two weeks old. He called me and I remember standing in my bedroom that day. Um, and he said, babe, I don't mean to scare you. He said, but there's rumors going around that, um, we're going to be deployed to Iraq. And this was in, um, 2003, you know, so, um, 9-11 had happened. And, um, so this was, uh, you know, we were still kind of technically still in the Iraq war and all Mm -hmm. this. So I remember hearing those words and thinking, 
absolutely not. God is not going to let that happen. Like that's not part of the plan. Like we just had a baby, like God is opening doors in our ministry. Like, no, that's not, that's not going to happen. Like God wouldn't let that happen. Well, sure enough, he let that happen. I remember, um, the day that, um, it was, it, you know, in North Carolina, it doesn't snow that much where we lived. But I remember the day that he was leaving, the day he was getting deployed. I remember standing in that military, um, like hangar with all the other families and just think, still in my mind thinking, God, this is not happening. Like, this is not part of your plan. Like, what is something is not right. Like, Lord, I think you might are you asleep? Like, this is not part of the plan. But I remember like walking away, getting in my car that day and knowing that my husband was leaving. He's going overseas, had this little baby really, you know, at that time it was still so crazy over there. You know, people are dying. Soldiers are not coming home and thinking, oh my gosh, like what is happening right now? This is not what I planned for. Well, God, um, he spent, um, a year in Iraq and, um, it was like one of the hardest years of my life. But, you know, um, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. But I remember him coming home. Thankfully he came home and he was fine. And, um, I remember after that, like God had used him over there. He started a choir with soldiers. Um, he put a choir together and like, they actually had news reporters come interview him about what he was doing there and all this. Well, try to make a long story short. He came home from that, um, in, uh, uh, 2004, 2005 was a big youth Congress year. And, um, the youth president for the UPCI had um, heard about my husband's story about his testimony in Iraq. And he had asked him if he could use him on that Friday night of youth Congress as a part of his message. Mm -hmm. And so my husband was like, absolutely. You know? Um, So um, youth Congress came around. My husband was still working um, his job that he um, was working uh, at before he went off to war. And they were so good to us. And he, he was working that job. We went to youth Congress and um, brother Gaddy brought him up and used him in his message. And he called him corporal court, you know, um, and that um, how God had used him to start a choir in the desert and all these things. And after that moment, um, like the doors of our ministry began to open like a flood. It was, it was incredible. Um, and, uh, looking back on those moments where I thought like, this cannot be part of God's plan. This cannot be part of the process. Mm -hmm. Looking back now, seeing ourselves, um, you know, 19, almost 20 years later, in Loganville, Georgia, with a thriving church um, that God has just blessed, like beyond anything we could have ever dreamed, looking back at the process and seeing how God put everything in order. Um, cause you, cause this is the deal. If God would never have called my husband to Iraq, he would have never started a choir with soldiers there. He would have never had that testimony Brother Gaddy would have never heard that testimony and brought him and used him in his message. He would have never connected us with mighty men of God that we would go and um, uh, that would launch our evangelistical career. We'd go preach for these mighty men of God um, and share our testimony. And those mighty men of God invested in us planting a church here in Loganville and looking back on it now, some of them like help finance our ministry here in Loganville. And we would have never had those connections with those men of God. If God wouldn't have yanked our chain and sent court to spend a year in Iraq, which I thought would be like the most devastating thing. Like, Oh my gosh, life is over. What, what's going to happen? just hindsight, looking back and trusting the process, that process brought us to where we are today. And 
I'm seeing people's lives change here today that would have that we would have never connected with without trusting that crazy process that God brought us through. So my my advice to a young woman that is listening today is that maybe life is not what you planned it to be right now in this moment. Maybe you feel like things are out of your control. You want to fix things that are not fixable by your hands. If you will just trust the process, I promise you, if you will give it to God and let him work it out, he will fulfill all the desires of your heart. And your little plan that you had will just pale so weakly in comparison to God's big plan that he, he has for you. If you will just surrender and open your hands and give it to him and just trust the process. That's great. I love all of that. Thank you so much. That was so powerful. And using, you know, a real example is like we were talking about stories yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and God uses stories to edify, you know, his people and to give himself glory and, and right. everything works in, in accordance to his plan and his purpose. And right. Uh, and you know, th- go ahead. If I can just say this, you know, yes. I would, I then going through that situation, you know, court having to leave and I mean, having a newborn baby and, and him like going off to war and not knowing if I would ever see him, if he would even make it back home, you know, I thought that was probably the worst possible thing that I could be going through at that moment. But now looking back on that 20 years later, that was the biggest blessing of our life. And I didn't even realize it at the time because it brought us to where we are right now. It was just a piece of the puzzle that God had has for our life. And without that significant piece, we wouldn't be where we are today. So what I thought was just so off the map and just so far from what God wanted was actually one of the most vital pieces to our puzzle and to our ministry. So, so sometimes it seems like it's the worst possible thing, but if you just trust God, he said, he works all things for our good. And that's exactly what he does. Right. Amen. Thank you so much, um, Sister Amanda, for just sharing your heart with us and for taking time to, you know, be vulnerable and and sharing testimonies of what God has done for you and for your family. I'm so grateful for your voice of influence, um, for your entire family. All of you are just blessings to to me personally, but also to the kingdom of God as a whole. And um, I would love if you can just share with everybody where they can find you um, and your church online and social media. Absolutely. Um, You can follow me on Instagram, just Amanda Chavis on Instagram. Um, Our church uh, is also on Instagram and Facebook, just Truth Chapel Loganville. Um, our, our church website is truth-chapel.com. Well, thank you again for being here with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Live? I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sharing how God used this to bless you. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.